today on Growth Mindset University. And I was putting out projections. The amount that I was charging was so little and I was like, how am I ever gonna like make as much as my full-time job? And then, you know, Lauren Tickner, who we... You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. Today on the podcast, I have my friend Hala Taha. Hala is the host of a podcast called Young and Profiting. Definitely in the top 0.1% of podcasts in the world, I'd say, in terms of reach and quality. And of course, yours truly has been featured on there. Honored. That's what makes it so good. Of course, you can check out her podcast, Young and Profiting, on every platform. I don't need to preach to the choir. People listening to this show know where to find podcasts. You can connect with Hala on LinkedIn, Hala Taha on LinkedIn, H-A-L-A-T-A-H-A. That's where she's most active and that's where she puts out the best content. Today, Hala shares how she's built a lucrative side hustle while still working at her corporate job and she shares tips on how you can do it too. And you can share this episode with the link jordanparis.com slash ep214. That is jordanparis.com slash ep214 to share my conversation on how to build a lucrative side hustle and how you can do it too with my friend Hala Taha. Now, without further ado, here is the conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Growth Mindset University. So many people who have corporate jobs, especially people who have corporate jobs that listen to this show, they feel like they're meant for more. But quitting is risky. And I don't think that it's a good move to quit, have no money coming in, and then start a business from zero. I think it's financially irresponsible in a lot of cases. The antidote to that is a side hustle while still working at your corporate job. Here to discuss this with me today is my good friend, Hala Taha. Hey, Jordan. I'm so happy to be on this podcast today. I think what a, what a fun topic to dig into. I've watched you really blossom in the world of entrepreneurship while, while still working at your corporate job. You work at Disney Streaming, right? Yep. When we met in New York City in when? Uh, summer of 2019. I don't know that you had Besides your podcast and making a tiny, I know you said you were like, you were making a tiny bit of money from that, but you really didn't have much of a business. Yeah. It was, it was more of a hobby at that point. Yeah, exactly. It started as a hobby and then really turned into a business this summer. It was when I realized that there was so much demand for what I was doing. I was getting people asking me, you know, where are you getting your videos done? Who's doing your marketing? How are you doing your audio editing? Everybody was coming to me. Do you offer consulting services? Do you offer these services? And I just kept getting the same questions over and over again. 
And I kept hopping on calls, doing it for free in terms of like giving advice and just being like a friendly person. And then I realized like, this wow. is my business and I could easily turn this into a business. And, you know, within three months, I secured like four huge deals. And it's just, it's insane how fast it's grown. And it's really just because I started with good intentions and started by doing something that I love and, you know, I'm really talented at. Yes, and I can attest to big deals. You know, you've, you've, I, I won't share them here. I won't share anything you don't want me to share, but pretty big figures that that you uh, really blew me away with. <laughs> I was it's like, crazy, man, like... I'm not thinking big enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize when I first started thinking of ideas for my company, and I was putting out projections. The amount that I was charging was so little and I was like, how mm. am I ever going to like make as much as my full-time job? And then, you know, Lauren Tickner, who we've both yes. interviewed and both of our friends, I, I had a conversation with her and she was telling me about like high ticket offers and like, she was like, Holly, you've got such a big following. Are you kidding me? You could charge so much. Like you've got so much power right now. And then I, she really gave me the motivation to just, you know, offer it. And then now I'm, I'm a very good salesperson, luckily. Like I have mm. great presentation skills. And I think that with the podcasting has helped that. And so I just put together a nice deck and I pitched the deal and I've gotten it every single time what I ask for. Wow. Nobody even negotiates. Wow. And it's, I just pick my price and, and present it. And they say yes, because they're, they just really want, you know, they want to be part of the team. They want to. They want to get the services and they're happy to pay for it. And it's also the people that I'm targeting. I'm very specific mm -hmm. in, in terms of whom I'm targeting. But yeah, in terms of the the scale, I mean, I think that by 2021, we're going to be a multi-million dollar company. Oh, yes, of, of course. With the rate that it's going now, I, I absolutely see that. And yes, Lauren inspired me as well. It's funny because you're going to be on the podcast again next week <laughs> on a panel discussion with the aforementioned Lauren Dickner. And I look forward to that discussion and releasing that episode for, for listeners to hear. Tell me a little bit about the, because I think so much of the magic is in who you're, you're targeting. Lay it out there. Who are you targeting and how are you finding these people? Yeah. So, so far, all of my clients have been previous guests on Young and Profiting Podcasts. So I have a podcast that's a top 10 how-to podcast, and I'm able to secure like billionaires, big CEOs, best-selling authors, people like that. And a lot of those CEOs who have a big budget, and oftentimes their podcast budget is actually coming from their company, they, they have a podcast. They want to start a podcast. It seems like everybody wants to start a podcast now, whether you're a celebrity or a CEO or an author. Most likely, you know, 50% chance that that person either has a podcast or wants to start one, right? And so that's really my target. It's, it's people that have like a high budget who already have some notoriety, who I believe can become a successful podcast. For me, like, I'm not really interested in, yes. in just getting any podcaster to, you know, come yes. on and get marketing services. I want to get somebody who can, I can really blow up and who I believe in. And so everybody has to be someone who I think is really talented mm. naturally and who I think I can help promote just with some better marketing and, and, and like, you know, little known tactics that I only know about. Yes. So they're all past guests. You've essentially... As past our both of our past guests, Jordan Harbinger, would say, you've dug the well before you're thirsty with these people. Now, what I worry about is 
the rare times that I pitch a podcast, a past podcast guest, I, I, I value the relationship with my podcast guests so much. It's, it really is like a sacred relationship that I, that I value more than the average, you know, connection on LinkedIn, obviously. So do you worry about offending them, burning the bridge and being like, oh, wow, this person just invited me. Holly just invited me on her podcast just so she could pitch me. You know what? I, I never did that before. So I've never invited somebody on my podcast and then immediately pitched them. Right. Um, usually what happens is that I just casually mention like, hey, I'm starting podcast marketing services. You know, I'm, I'm really gearing up to quit my full time job. I, I started this business. I've got XYZ client. And I just kind of leave it at that. And then usually what happens is that they email me back. Hey, Hala, I remember you were telling me about your marketing services. I was wondering if you could hop on a call and tell me more. Almost every single person has approached me. I mm. so far have never approached. I so far have gotten wow. everything in my lap. And I actually haven't went out and tried to get clients yet. Every single one came to me and said that they wanted to talk more about my marketing services. So, And I think that that's pretty rare because... So many people, they just, they do rely on social selling and people come to them. If you just post good content, people are going to come to you. But I think a, a large part of that, that element of social selling, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is a myth because they're relying on hope as a strategy. And a lot of these people that aren't pitching or doing out targeted outreach, they are also the same people that wish they had more business. With you, it's really not the case. It's, it seems like all of this happened by accident. It did. And and you know what? I think from that's, conception to new clients and yeah. I know. And you know what? You know what it is? It's the fact that I'm doing something that I love. And so I think it's the intersection of doing something that I love that provides value to other people. And once people know that I'm offering it and that it's available for them to purchase, and also the fact that it is very exclusive and I'm not really promoting it. And it's very like on a, on a no basis. I think people are very interested to know like, well, how can I get into that engine? How can I, how can I get those things from you that, you know, really, I don't even have the bandwidth to take on more clients. And so I have mm -hmm. a waiting list. Um, but I think it's that intersection because I found something that I love and that I'm good at. And and for everybody listening out there, I'd really start to think about, you know, what do people tell you that you're good at that you kind of just shrug off like, oh, okay, cool. Like if somebody's like, oh, can you pick out my outfit for me? I love the way that you pick out outfits. I love your style. You know, maybe you should start being yes. a, des a designer or help people picking out their clothes. What is that person? What is a, a stylist? A stylist? Yeah, I have one. I need one. Bad. <laughs> I can't do it. But like you know, think about what you're good at. Are you good at working out? Maybe you can become a personal trainer. Just start thinking about what you're good at because the purpose of a side hustle is to do something that you love. And it can start as a hobby. I think starting it as a hobby is how you get good at it. And yes. that's that's how I honed my skills as a podcast marketer. And now I have a podcast marketing agency. Yes. It just happened that way. Well, I love what you're talking about here because so many people, they the gifts that they have, they, they take for granted. They just because, you know, because they're used to their gifts. And I think that, oh, it's not that special. People don't really want this from me. People don't want me to do this for them. People wouldn't care if I shared this in a post. Uh, we take it for, for granted. It's like some sort of cognitive bias. And so many things that content creators and authors share, a lot of their most popular things and concepts are things that they like, or, or musicians, some of their most popular songs are, are songs that they almost didn't put out. 
what are you holding back? What are you hesitating to put out? Because you don't, you just don't think it's that special. I, I like that you're you're thinking along uh, along those lines there. Let's talk about what is your goal with this, Hala, ultimately? My goal is that I can quit my full-time job, which I can right now if I want right. to. Right. Oh, you, you have more than, more, yeah, um, absolutely comfortable. <laughs> so quit my full-time job. I'm already paying my team, so that's one goal off the, off the checklist. I originally had a team of volunteers, and mm, now I have I a team of 27, and like 20 of them are getting paid now. So that's like insane to be able to like pay my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me really happy. I want to, you know, like I said, quit my job, then start scaling and getting more clients and building this business and just just building it from the ground up. I love that I'm already a profitable business. Mm -hmm. I I already have my processes. It's just a matter of how to scale this effectively. And I want to start a podcast network eventually. So that's another thing that I have up my sleeve. Well, you haven't quit yet. And honestly, if I was in your position, I probably would. Why haven't you done that yet? I'm just trying to make sure that I have all my ducks in a row. I'm trying to, I just brought in an accountant. So I'm trying to make sure I know, like, I haven't paid myself a dime up mm. from this company. And so trying to figure out, like, what my salary, quote unquote, is going to be and, and, and how all of that's going to work. So just figuring out the logistics. I think it's important to prepare. I've got plenty of money saved. And I encourage anyone who's, you know, planning on becoming an entrepreneur to start saving money for that transition. But it's just, I just, you know, want to make sure that I, I have all my ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. A team of 27. How have you, <laughs> how have you built that so quickly while also in, ensuring quality? I don't, you know what? It's, it's incredible. I think. So, look, some, I see, I see, I, I know some of your clients. I see what they put out. It's good. The quality's there. Yeah. But you're not the one sitting there doing it all day, every day. No, I'm not. Obviously. I'm not even, I'm just kind of reviewing Shouldn't it. Shouldn't be. Yeah. So I I think it really starts with having a core team that I trained. So I was, you know, I had one video editor to start with and I worked very closely with her on all the Yap stuff. And then, you know, I hired people under her and then she trained them and, and I kind of approved the, the initial designs, templates, styles, Mm -hmm. you know, the cadence of the materials that we're creating and continually, you know, review them and try to enhance them. And I let people lead, you know, I hire people that I believe in and that I trust and I let them lead their team and, and kind of stay out of it and, and, uh, you know, just have checkpoints and, you know, make sure everything's quality, but that's really what it starts with. It's about me focusing on core team members who I made leaders within my team and then hired people under them so that they could continue on and and do their work streams. You mentioned checkpoints. What types of training systems do you, I mean, yes, I I don't mean to say training systems, but what do you have a a document of say standard operating procedures? uh, Something that I have is an if this, then that protocol, IFTTT, everything that happens in the business, I just write it down. If that, and for future reference, if this happens, then you do this. If that happens, then you do that. I also, I also have checklists, step-by-step processes for individual tasks, along with videos of me doing it myself. What does that look like for you? I'm curious. First of all, we have like a roles and responsibilities matrix. So we have 
different clients. We have the Yap podcast, and then I have different teams and team members. And so everybody knows exactly what they have to do and for what clients. So that's first things first, like just like a roles and responsibilities matrix. Okay. Secondly, like we organize everything in G Drive. So um, every client has a folder, every, you know, Yap has a folder, every episode has a folder. And then within those folders, we've got the audio, the video, the social, like, and so everything is easily able to be found in one place. Mm. And that's for every single client. So that's really important. Yeah. Then for like, just in general, we've got certain teams. So the way that we split up, we've got pre-production, which is like research, booking guests, that whole work stream. Then we have production, which is audio production. Then we have video, which is the full video for YouTube, then all the micro content for all our different clients and graphic design, like the design teams under one work stream. And so each one of those work streams has documentation in terms of all the different things that they do and how to do them. Uh, For the video team, we do a lot of like loom videos so that people know exactly how to create a headliner video, for example, or how to create highlighted text in headliner or whatever like these little nuanced things that you kind of Mm -hmm. just need to know Mm -hmm. we do little loom videos so that people are trained up that way and then of course i do team calls all the time i do an onboarding call with every new member myself one-on-one show them all the you know get them access to slack to drive that's the other thing slack so slack's huge for us you're even on our slack (laughs) everybody's on our slack (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of funny yeah, every now and then I, I get like some sort of notification. Like yesterday I got like a, a Loom share link and I was like, I was like what is this? <laughs> Which, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and so it's like we've got like project management tools. We've got Slack, different channels in Slack to communicate with each other. I think yeah. we're an international team. So something that's really yes. unique about Yap is even from the start, even before COVID, we were an international team. I have my design teams basically based out in the Philippines. I've got people in, a, in Chicago, California, Florida, New York, New Jersey, like everywhere you know and so we really depend on slack and having video meetings and things like that to keep in touch and just make sure we're in sync yes what about your time because you haven't quit your job and you're managing a team of 27 people and you have several clients paying you big bucks what is your are you overwhelmed at all or what Oh, yeah. I'm like, Mm. uh, things are, that's why I'm like, I need to quit my job because things are starting to just, I'm starting to feel like I'm not giving my best to my clients or to Disney. So, and I never felt that way before. And it wasn't until like recently where I was like, wow, like things are just really expanding for my business. I'm not giving it enough attention that it deserves. I could be scoring more huge clients and growing my team even bigger. Totally. And I'm like kind of like stuck at Disney and it just makes me feel like crap, you know, that I'm working eight days an hour, uh, you know, on Disney when I could be working on my own business. So in terms of my time, I think the key was working through weekends. So I really just for the past two years have essentially pretty much worked every single weekend, even if it was just for four hours. Most of the time it was, you know, both Saturday and Sunday, a full day of work. And I just worked on my podcast. So working through the weekends, woke up early to work, went to sleep late to work, worked on the train, on my commute. Uh, worked during my lunch break, took my interviews during lunch. You, you, so I was a yeah, hustler. Yeah, w- yeah we, we talked during many of your, your lunch breaks for different different things, whether, you know, a segment oh, yeah. of your I, podcast or, or any, you would always, you, you worked during lunch a lot. 
I, I did. So I would always take my lunch hour to do yap stuff, yeah. work in the morning, like I said, at night when I got home from work and then through the weekend. So it was basically just finding any time that I could to work on my side hustle. And in the beginning, like I said, it was a hobby. And this summer, it really turned into a business. And yes. and so once it turned into a business and I had a lot more kind of like deadlines and had to get right. stuff done and yes. commitments, that's now I'm starting to feel like all this pressure because it's just a different type of pressure. Well, Hala, there's a parallel in, in my life and business where literally the week that I was freed. I was set free, released from prison, college. <laughs> That's when my business took off. I'm not even kidding you, the week. And from there, it's been really great. And I feel perhaps, I, 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 didn't, even, like, I didn't even realize when I was in school how I, I like, I kind of knew like, ah, oh, you know, once I, once I uh, get out of school, I'm going to have so much more time. I, I really am going to be able to take my business to the next level. I didn't realize though how powerful it was going to be. And I feel like you you kind of get it, but you're going to be like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? Just a, a prediction. It, it, I feel like I'm trying to convince you to quit. I'm not. But you mentioned you're waiting for your ducks to be in a row. Are there like specific, a couple specific things that you're looking for? Some boxes you're looking to check? like specifically? I don't, you know what? I don't know. It's like my job and I'm sure people on the call can, uh, who are listening can relate. My job has become this security blanket that like, mm. I know I'm going to make X amount of month every month. And you know, no matter what, if I'm sick or it's just a security blanket, yeah. you never had that. You never like had a corporate <laughs> job. And no. I've been an entrepreneur who failed before when I, when I first got out of college, I started a business and it failed. The and blog. so like, yeah, the blog. And so like, I'm a little scarred by that because it's like, you know, I failed when I first started to be an entrepreneur and then I got this corporate job and it was like, I was saved and I had all this money and like, it was just a whole different life. And so now it's like this security blanket, but yeah. really deep down inside, like I am an entrepreneur. You don't build a 27 person company and like a multi, almost a, a million dollar business on the side if you're not a real entrepreneur inside, inside your heart, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know that it's, I know that I need to, uh, you know, bite the bullet and put my big girl pants on and, uh, you know, do it. Well, at the same time, playing devil's advocate with, you know, you go for the strategy of smaller number of clients and bigger paychecks, so to say. It's a bigger price tag. If you lose one or just one or two, that could be really bad. And you'd be like, oh, wow, I wish I stayed at my corporate job. So maybe I it know. isn't. Yeah, maybe it isn't the time yet. Well, here's the thing. I just landed another deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once that time, yeah. <laughs> once that time, we're good, Jordan. <laughs> so That's awesome. yeah, so it's just you know, I I want to get just get like you said, I want to diversify my clients. I have one like huge client, and now I have like three smaller clients, and so that will balance things. And honestly, like like I said, I haven't really even gone out and tried to get clients, and I literally have people who I have not responded to on email who found out from you know the who found out from random people that I was starting a company who want my services who I've just been ignoring because it's just like I don't have the time so it's all good things all good problems yes it is what do your co-workers and boss think is that it is, is, is oh, that I, notable you know what I don't mind to talk about it because I I just don't care anymore um 
I think that I've been, you know, having a side business is not the best thing to do when you really want to, you know, move forward in your corporate life and get promoted. And, you know, if you want to become a VP or whatever, like they expect you to have your whole life dedicated around the company. And I have done nothing but amazing work, but, you know, I've seen some of my peers Got, got promoted and I didn't get promoted. And I know that it was definitely because, you know, I've got this whole other life. I've got a podcast. I think definitely some of my coworkers and even some of the leads you don't on need my the team. promotion either. <laughs> no, it's like, it makes me You're laugh because I'm like, ah, I'm going to be richer than you anyway. It's true. Uh, so it's just like, you know, I think people are really jealous and, and they don't want to see me have yes. both. They don't yes. want to be like, how, how can you have a number one podcast and a, and a business and, you know, get promoted? So it's not going to happen for me and, and that's okay. Um, And I think it's a choice that you have to make. Like, do you want to work for yourself for the rest of your life or do you want to work for a company? And for me, I chose myself and I'm really happy that I did because a company can turn their back on you at at any time. And now I've got something that I can, you know, call my own, that I have full control over, that I can take in any direction that I want, that's never going to fire me, that's never going to like, you know, and so I'm happy with, you know kind of coasting, doing whatever I'm doing to get a paycheck and then and then doing my own thing. I'm happy to do that. Well, I love that you touched on that at the end there. There's this illusion of security in a corporate job. And, and it's quite the illusion because you just said it yourself. They could turn your back on you at any moment. You could be fired at any moment. We saw, look what happens during, you know, in March. A lot of people, a lot of people were, were fired about, about like 25% of the workforce or so. You could be fired at anytime anything can happen at any time it's without of your control it's not within your control at a corporate job nothing is it's actually and really risky it's to really have risky. all of your income in one income stream which mm-hmm. is like if you just have one job like that's extremely risky extremely and so you sh- and you know what when i gave the advice in terms of you know starting a side hustle is not the best thing to do if you want to get promoted in your corporate job you don't have to start a side hustle that's as visible as mine right yeah. i have a very visible side yes. hustle i'm like an influencer on linkedin and you know my posts get more likes than the ceo so of course you know legal and everybody is like going to be like what's hala up to and like kind of looking at me with a huge magnifying glass all the time but you can fly under the radar and start, you know, maybe you want to start being a real estate agent. Maybe you want to start, you know, an Etsy shop. Like mm-hmm. those things aren't going to get that much visibility where, you know, you're going to, people are going to get jealous of you. But when you're in like the mainstream, in media, um, that's where it's a little bit more complicated, I think. Totally. And I want to want to wrap up the the risk part. I think that there's nothing more certain than being an entrepreneur. Sounds counterintuitive because people say in entrepreneurship, there's so much uncertainty, but really I have a lot of certainty. If I want to add, say, X amount of dollars in annual recurring revenue, I can, I can go do that. Yeah. I, can, I can have my salesperson, my sales director reach out to X, I, I could have him double his outreach over the next week or two. And we'll have double the amount of people in, you know, in, in our sales cycle, in our pipeline and more deals, double the amount of deals will close. I can, I can give myself a raise anytime I damn want. In that sense, I can add more annual recurring revenue to the books anytime I want. It's totally within my control. Yeah. And that's, but that's when you, when you have a system that's working, which, which 
that is predictable like that, it, which does take a little bit of time, which is why it's good to have a side hustle while not quitting your job at first. Yeah, I'm so happy that I built this on the side. It, it, and first of all, here's something that we didn't touch on. I built a business that can run by itself. Oh, tell me about that. So that's super powerful yeah. because I had a full-time job. I needed to make sure that I built a oh. business that while I was working could run itself. Mm. And so now that's why I don't have to review everything. That's why my team is able to train other team members. It's because they literally had to because I was unavailable for eight hours a day. And so I had to come up with processes yes. that could scale without me. And so that means that when I start this Necessity. business, I'm not, there, I have other entrepreneur friends, another, another woman that I'm consulting who has a podcast and has a marketing agency. She is drowning in work. And I just, I'm just like, I don't, I can't relate. Wow. I've trained my team. I've created templates. I still have visibility to everything and I run a really tight ship. But I trained my team and I trust my team and I hired the right team and I hired for attitude too. Yeah. So everybody's Ooh, passionate yeah. and everybody's engaged and everybody wants to win. And so um, starting a side business makes you start a business that can run without you. And I think that's another key point too. Mm. Yes. And you did that because you had, it was a necessity, you know, because you were at that job. Uh, whereas I, that's definitely, you, you inspired me in that way very much so because- I have never had a a real job, so I I kind of built the business around like I even though I delegate more than ever and I'm less involved than ever and we're doing better than ever. I st it, it it can't exactly run without me yet because I, I built it around. I did everything in the beginning, which I, I mean maybe everyone should do everything in the beginning, but yeah, you should never, know. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't really stopped doing things for a really long time. And so I didn't optimize uh, my business in a way that it runs on its own. And you've inspired me in, in that way. And I really need to, to get there a little bit faster. Yeah, because now when I do become an entrepreneur, I'm not going to just have all these mundane tasks to work on every day. I get to just go get new clients and figure out how to move the needle for us and yes. focus on my podcast and my interviews and things like that. So it's, it's well, really cool. Eventually, you have nothing to do with getting new clients. Yeah. Eventually, I won't even have to do that. I'll just be a speaker and just, Precisely. you know, just well, focus on podcasting. We are talking with... The Outcast at Disney Streaming, Halataha, Young and Profiting. You can find your podcast there. I've been on the podcast uh, several times, Young and Profiting. Check it out. Has a lot of subscribers. The podcast is doing better than ever. Young and Profiting. Check it out. Halataha on LinkedIn, of course. Hala, I have a final question before my, my final question. The three, two or three golden rules of all things side hustle. If you had to etch them into a tablet, what would they be? Find something that you absolutely love to do that you will never get bored of, that you can do for the rest of your life. Number two, we didn't touch on this, but I'll, I'll touch on it now. Make sure that you can get at least one paying client to validate your offer. And you do not need a website. You do not need a logo. You do not need anything like that. You just need to have an idea a service, whatever product, and one person who will buy it. And then once you get one person to buy it, try to get 
two, three, four, five, six, then you have a valid offer that you know yes. is in demand. So that's and, number two. And I know two. Lauren's all about that. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. She's like, you. she, she always says you don't need a website. <laughs> you don't. I don't have a website for my services True. Yet. You don't. I don't. It's crazy. You don't need it. And then number three, just make sure you scale effectively. Like I'm a profitable business from now. And that's because I started small. I, you know, I scaled in line with my team and, and it's, it's just really important to make sure that you have your finances right. And you don't go overboard in terms of, you know, investing too much in this side business, try to grow it slow organically. And that's how you'll build a profitable business rather than like taking on all this debt or something. So build it slow from the ground up and have a good foundation. Wonderful. Well, Hala, for my last question, just thanks for, for doing this today. I really, really enjoyed this, really had fun been wanting to do this podcast, this exact podcast with you on Side Hustles with you for, for a little bit, probably since like August. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate it. Now, my final question that I asked you the first time, most likely I asked most guests this question, but if you could teach a course at a university, course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? A course at a university. Hmm. I think I would do like how to build your personal brand on LinkedIn. Mm. I've got some good tips there always. You do. And I yes. could just talk about it because it's just like an endless amount of information I have just from experience. So I would I would probably teach that or something well, about podcasting, but either LinkedIn or podcasting. That's good. Personal branding on LinkedIn, something that you can talk about forever. When we when we do those, whenever we do anything about LinkedIn, like those tip videos, you have much more to say than I do. I, I honestly hate when people ask me about LinkedIn because I don't know. Like I just, I just, it's been an accident. Like it's, it's, <laughs> George, just like I just put some videos up there and got a lot of likes, and I kept doing it. Yeah, it hasn't been so much of an accident for me. I feel like mine mm -hmm. has been very calculated. Yes, it has. Well, Hala. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me on. Mm -hmm. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode, and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.